Hey, well, welcome back to discipleship.ca. Today we have the privilege of talking with uh, a former intern at our church who uh, made the very wise choice and went from Canada back to his homeland of uh, Bermuda, or yeah, Bermuda, uh, and got out of winter to eternal sunshine and summer. Uh, we got Jermico Hill with us. Uh, Jermico, what's the church you're pastoring there? What, what's the name of it? Yeah, the, the church that um, I'm a youth pastor at is called the Evangelical Church of Bermuda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was looking up Bermuda the other day and kind of mind blown. Um, so there's basically one island. Okay, that wasn't a shock to me. Uh, <laughs> but the whole country is like 10 miles long or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And you got like 60,000 people in there. Yep, we're just like a speck in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, yep, you're right. Sixty thousand people is jammed on this little bit. Island. But the mind blowing bit to me, because we were, my wife and I were looking at like, hey, all those these places in the world, where could we go vacation? Like, if I come to visit there, <laughs> is it true that I have to drive like a golf cart? I can't rent a car. Oh well, I wouldn't call it a golf cart. It's well, like it's an like electric. Kind of. It is pretty much like a golf cart. Yeah, it's like an electric vehicle. You. <laughs> Yeah, because we're so small, we have like a one car per household policy. Yeah, and there's no car rental agencies around just because the island is so small. It would be so congested. Yeah, I mean they look like fun. I watched I watched literally hours of videos of people doing silly things with those cars. So yeah, yeah, Noah, I will probably get there eventually because I just want to drive a car around the entire country. (laughs) It's a great place, and you can literally drive the whole country in a day. Yeah. Less than a day. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I like that. I like every convenience of everything. It's like there's no part un, unable to 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 get to. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna dive straight in. So um thanks for doing the interview and, and coming on and and kind of sharing some of your wisdom. And I know your journey has taken you uh from Bermuda uh to Canada for uh you know Bible college and all that kind of stuff. You've got an accounting degree in your background. Uh, I remember talking to you about being a zookeeper at one time. Yeah. Like that's also a thing that is is pretty cool. Um, you did the schooling uh, here in Canada. Did a did an internship in the church, and then, um, like I said, back back to uh, uh, Bermuda there. So, uh, in your journeys, in your travels, like what would you say discipleship means to you? Like if somebody said, "Hey, Jermico, I don't get this whole discipleship thing. What is it? How would you describe that to somebody?" Yeah, um, I I just hearken back to um, just Jesus being the model of the greatest discipler. And so it's just coming alongside people. Yep. It's um, doing life with people. I think that's, in my mind, that's what discipleship is. Okay, so so for you, this would be very much a, a life-on-life kind of thing, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so you're, you're, you're big on less, like... I don't want to pigeonhole you into like this, but uh, your basic definition would be less programmatic, much more personal interaction. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's elements where you can maybe, you know, put someone in a program and be successful with it. Um, But I think for me, um, it's a case by case, person by person, um, daily interactions. Um, Just because I, I don't think we can necessarily program life. Yeah, um, I know. As in churches, we are very much program centric because that just is you know how we can measure things, how we can easily just define what we do. Um, but in my mind, discipleship just uh, 
doesn't quite fit the the mode of program in my mind. And so, yeah, I think it's just doing life with people. It's sitting around with a cup of coffee and seeing, you know, how they're doing in their walks with Jesus, you know, what they're learning, how they're growing, um, challenges that they're facing, um, you know, just things that are coming up that, you know, we can help walk them through. Yeah. That's yeah. what I see. That's awesome. Um, so for you, I'm going to do these next ones out of order. It's that, what does it look like? But mm-hmm. for you in uh, specifically, I mean, we, you know, I, I, I kind of understand having been a youth pastor here in Canada, what that looks like here. Um, mm-hmm. we've got obviously another country. Um, I know uh, lots of, lots of, you know, the, the island countries uh, in and around there. And, and uh, you guys are a Commonwealth country still, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so same as Canada, where you're not, we don't, uh, we don't pay taxes to the to the royal family, but we still have pictures of them all over the place, and everybody cares about that. And part yeah. of the, you know, historically British Empire deal. So there'd be lots of cultural similarities, but you are on a small small island, mm-hmm. in the middle of the ocean. Like, and I looked on a map. Like, you guys are a long way away from anything else of kind of large size like you are the biggest mm-hmm. for miles and miles around and and you're like 10 miles long and three miles wide kind of thing so uh you really are out there on an island like like, mm-hmm. like you fig like physically and figuratively the way we say that um so what does that look like how does that translate or or maybe what are the differences that you've noticed um in bermuda you know to north american or european context um so my only other context outside of Bermuda would have been small town Sycamus or a slightly larger town Salmonarm. Yeah. And to be honest, I found discipleship was a bit easier in Canada. Um, and from my perspective, from my job, um, you know, dealing with a lot of students uh, in Bermuda, I find our students are way more um, activity centered or um, like we like to call them activity kids. So yeah. parents are government enrolled in, a hundred different activities. And so to carve time out to meet with kids, I find it's it's been more difficult here than when um, I was in Canada. Oh, okay. Um, And and we have, for a small island that we have, a bunch more schools. In Sycamus, we had one high school. Salmon Arm, I think it's like two. And so you you can like go and have lunch with a bunch of students and, um, and carve out that time easily. Um, here we have like six, which seems bizarre, but um, carving out that time has been a lot more of a challenge um, in my mind. So, you know, island life, and, and I also find island life is busy. Like, you know, we, our culture in Bermuda is way busier than it was uh, in BC. Um, yeah. Everybody, busyness is a badge of honor here. And so if I'm not busy, I'm lazy and therefore um, I'm not good enough. And so, um, okay, yeah, yeah. Carving out that time to do life with people has been more of a challenge here than um, it was um, in my experience in North America and Canada. Yeah, so, so, and that's one thing I've noticed. I, I mean, I haven't been uh, uh, a lot of places um, in Atlantic Gulf kind of areas, mm-hmm. but the perception is like, oh, it's island life. Like everything is super space <laughs> and relaxed. So that's not the case where you not are at all. Like, it's much more yeah, driven, no. 
much more metropolitan yeah. in kind of nature. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, our island is, is um, our, our major economic pillar is international business. And so with that, you get the whole driven lifestyle. Uh, I think people have the misconception that we're kind of like a Hawaii almost where, yeah. you know, we're kind of chilling on the beach all the time and, you know, just hanging out, having luau's or whatever, but it's not really the case here in Bermuda. No. Um, again, everybody is just so driven. It's, it's, you know, um, career focused. Um, they're, you know, maybe not as busy as New York, but um, we find it's still pretty, pretty hectic. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Um, I mean, I, I mean, it's great to hear. Uh, but that would be that would be exactly why you end up for you discipleship becomes relational. It's when you can exactly. get somebody out of that that um, you know that driven career ladder mm-hmm. kind of deal. So uh, I, my mind is kind of blown right now that what I perceived as where we were probably going. Mm-hmm. This suddenly turn to like you would be much more like dealing with, you know, uh, ma- big city financial district type life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would have never connected that. That's why I love doing these interviews. Like you learn about, you know, uh, life and context, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, I guess I don't know anything about the island of Bermuda. Which I've never, <laughs> so I shouldn't be shocked. For sure, that, but, but whatever. Um, now you're you're fairly recently a, a, a father for the first time. Uh, yes, sir. And you've got uh, now you've got that whole family life deal. But what is what does discipleship look like um, for you in uh, marriage? Uh, what are you hoping it looks like? Like obviously, uh, you're probably not doing a whole lot of discipleship uh, coffee meets with your your. <laughs> Your baby, because um, it's not your your child's not even one yet, right? No, she's oh. uh, she'll be three months in like two yeah. weeks. Yeah, so you're not you're not waxing poetically on the redemption narrative found in the uh, you know scripture Genesis. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. I know you'll get there, but um, uh, you know, as as you and Bethany kind of sort out, what does this look like to do family? Um, mm-hmm. You know what do you? How does it work for you in in uh, your marriage? How does it work for you in hopefully family? Like absolutely, no, that's a that's a great question because I think that's probably one of the areas to be completely honest with you that I've probably struggled the most is um, home discipleship and um, and seeing that as a pastor that's kind of hits me at my core because your home is your your first ministry, um, but it's one of the areas I think we're trying to get better at. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're with any of my students, I would always say start small. Like, you know, you don't start with the, the peak goal in mind and then aim for that. You start small and you, you ramp it up. And yeah. so, you know, we're starting with family prayer time um, with our little one. Um, we have this little book um, that I you know, were reading to her of um, baby memory verses um, that, okay. you know, we're trying to get into her her conscience now um, as she and as she grows that you know these verses will become part of who she is because um, our prayer is that she becomes a lifelong follower of Jesus yeah uh, and so that so that's kind of our, our rhythm currently um, and you know to be open and honest with you 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I mean, even going through that process, like lots of times people look at uh, young children, uh, babies, toddlers, and you're like, oh, we're mm-hmm. not there yet, but you guys are jumping in ahead. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, just that proclamation of the word over over her life is yeah. uh, is going to be going to be um, a massive thing. Um, now, you, unlike many people in life, uh, you've jumped countries a couple times mm-hmm. um, and had to navigate that with your wife. Um, mm-hmm. How does, how does leading through, uh, cause ultimately that's what, like, like you said, discipleship is leading through that, that uh, uh, process of becoming Christ-like or towards uh, Christ-likeness. Um, and that's what you were doing in those jumps. You jumped across for schooling, you jumped across mm-hmm. for ministry, you returned home for ministry. Um, how do those conversations play out for, for you and your wife? Like, how does that, how do you wake up one day and go, I think it's time for us to move like really far away. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, um, it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the only real answer I can give. Um, when we, when we were moving first for, um, to come to Canada. Um, so I was working in the financial services area um, loved my job. You know, it wasn't that I hated what I was doing and I desperately wanted to become a pastor. Um, it was, it was essentially me fighting against, um, doing this job and wanting to do what I want to do. Uh, but, um, it wasn't until God got my attention through folks in my church, uh, who were asking me, you know, you know, are you, are you studying to become a pastor? Like, is that your, your end goal that really got my ears to perk up and really start listening to, okay, Lord, what do you want in this? Um, and my wife was one of the first to say, like, I didn't marry a pastor. I married, uh, an accountant. And that was her, her spiel, you know, uh, <laughs> early on in this. Um, but we were just trying to be obedient. Yeah. We want to follow what God had for us. And we loved the church. We loved, um, students and we wanted to see them grow. And, and so my first step was, okay, if I want them to grow, then I need to grow myself. Um, and I need to understand more of, of the scriptures of this job. Uh, and so I went down the road of seminary with the intention of maybe doing my internship in Bermuda and not moving. Uh, but God had a plan in having us move from here, which I look back and that was the absolute best thing that God had ever done for uh, our progress in ministry. Um, and he had us come to Canada, which was um, amazing. Like, you know, we look back on that time incredibly fondly, the, the amount of pe- the different people that we've met who've impacted our lives and that we still miss terribly uh, is yeah. just, you know, a huge testament to what God is, was, was doing in our lives. And then even moving back to Bermuda, that was another God thing. Like we moved back to the church that my wife, my wife's family had left um, years prior. And, um, and the first time that they called us to, in, to uh, candidate, my wife was like, there's no way, <laughs> there's no way we can even consider this. Um, you know, there was hurt that, that was still, um, still going on in her heart. And then six months later, they called back again. And at that point, my wife was like, okay, well, maybe we need to pursue this. And then the rest yeah. is kind of history. So it was really the power of the spirit that really has got us from place yeah. to place, just trusting uh, in the Lord. Um, I have an incredible story because it's funny how, you know, working in the financial services, you know, um, area, like, you know, life was was great, you know, in terms of our, our day-to-day um, 
economics, like, you know, or, you know, and then becoming a pastor, like, you know, life's different. Yep. And so again, that was a huge trusting in the Lord, um, you know, going from, you know, working in the financial world to being an intern, like, you yep. know, it's, it's just a huge shift in, you know, well, how do I take care of my family? And the Lord provides to like, you know, and to make that happen. Yeah. Again, it's just trusting in him. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And I, I mean, there's so many bits, like I, I kind of, you know, four year, just over four years ago when I stepped into my role here in, in the church, uh, in, uh, the shoe shop in the, this part of, of BC, uh, the province of BC in Canada, um, you were already here, right? So I kind of, <laughs> I, I came along and I'm like, wow, this guy's moved a long way away from home. And then, uh, getting to know you and that kind of stuff is like, no, we got to figure out how to get this guy to stay. Cause like, <laughs> you know, and honestly there's, you were, you may have been an intern, but you were a pat, like I could see the heart of a pastor in you mm-hmm. and was always impressed with, uh, just the way you, you went about dealing with all of the stuff that was kind of thrown at you and, and all of those kinds of things. And, um, so then when, you know, you kind of started letting people know, like, I think we're going back to Bermuda. Like, I think this mm-hmm. is what we're doing. And it was like, oh man, that hurts for us. But Bermuda, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a godly faithful guy going back, well, couple going back mm-hmm. to Bermuda to do, uh, do ministry there. That's, that can't be anything but good for, for that community, uh, even though it's a little bit hard for us. So I know you left a massive, a massive, uh, relational, uh, mark on the people that interacted with you. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, it's not uncommon as we sit around and talk, we still talk about you, uh, not, well. not in a bad way, but like, <laughs> man, like, Remember when he did and you know fill in the blank with whatever whatever ministry, mm-hmm. whatever relational deal that you were doing, uh, which is why I wanted you to, like I asked you to do an interview because uh, I know that relational bit is huge for you. Mm-hmm. So uh, in in the context of discipling people, um, we're we're down to kind of the last question, and this is where I'm like, if you could have, uh, you know if God would loan you his ability to download information into our brains, like every believer around the world mm-hmm. and put one thing into their brain about discipleship, uh, what would you want them to know? Ooh, that's a, that's an, an incredible question. I, I just want to kind of caveat that in that a lot of things that I learned about um, really effective discipleship, I learned from Bob Evans and, yep. you know, I'm sure we know Bob Evans you know, yep. he's a tremendous guy, and it was the spending time with people that he kept pressing into into me as an intern, into us as a staff in Sycamuse. Um, I think the one thing that I would just encourage people with is to carve out that time. Um, that's just mm-hmm. so important. I think it's we let the distractions of life get into our way way too often, and we yep. miss opportunities to just you know spend time with people. I think when we do that. Um, then we get an opportunity to to do. I think one of the most effective things that we can ever do uh, as people is to listen. Yeah. Um, and when we listen, then we can really know where people are at, um, and then that helps us to be able to encourage them in the ways of the Lord uh, with the intelligence of knowing where they're at. Yeah, yeah. We have a world. We live in a world where we just we listen to respond as opposed to listen to just understand. 
And I think that that was one of the huge things that I learned was just to listen and to not, not listen to be ready to fire back, but to listen and then just, you know, silence is amazing sometimes. Just yep. listen and then wait on the Lord. And then, you know, once you kind of get that sense of, okay, well, maybe what this person needs is encouragement to, you know, they don't need advice. They just need encouragement to spend more time with the Lord, you know, in his word or whatever it is. Um, yep. But I think we're quick to to respond with advice, you know, our own personal advice. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's, I think that's probably one of the, the important things that I try to encourage our, our folks here to do, um, you know, whenever I have an opportunity to do that and as well as trying to do that in my own life, just listen and, you know, and try to encourage them in the way of the Lord after really hearing where that person's at. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like Bob, Bob is, uh, he, you're going to find him where people are. Like, that's just, yeah. that's just the way he is. And, and, uh, I mean, you take back and you think like, I, I love reading the Puritan books and, and I always think of Bob, he, he's like in that Richard Baxter mold where it's like, Oh, I visited 37 people this week. And you're like, <laughs> how? And, yeah. you know, and he just, just keeps going. And it's like, he just makes that conscious. Well, I'm sure at some point it was a conscious choice to choose people over task. And now it's just the way he lives, and that's yeah. that's amazing. Uh, that the incredible thing is is even despite you know the people over tasks, the tasks still that you still get done. Yeah, like we prioritize tasks over people, but you know if we prioritize people over tasks, the stuff still still gets done. Like nothing yeah. gets missed, yes. nothing important gets missed. I'm sure there, there's things <laughs> that do get missed, but the important stuff still gets done. Yep. But we get to spend time with people, and and yeah. if that's that's the job that we're in, like if we're in it for the people, then. That's what we got to be doing. Yeah, exactly. And that's not just even just as pastors, but as as believers in general. Yeah, that was my uh, the first my first pastoral job as a youth pastor. I was told if you're sitting in your office, you're not doing your job. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> the like, unless you've got the whole all the all the youth in there with you, you're not doing. Your yeah, job. Go, go where <laughs> exactly. they are and figure this out. So no, that's awesome. Thank you so much for for carving out a bit of time and joining us. And uh, uh, I know that uh, my kids that were intersecting with you, uh, you were running uh, youth kind of uh, one town over, but because of our multi-church or multi-location structure, they, uh, I know I know my kids appreciated whenever they intersected with Jermico. They were always excited. Like, I, you know, they come home from youth and I'd be like, how was it tonight? And they're like, oh, it was so awesome. Jermico was teaching. And they all <laughs> uh, had that uh, joy um, just of the way you you relationally connected. Um, so I kind of figured that part was coming uh, out of you as we talked about discipleship. I had no idea that Bermuda is not the place to go if I don't want to have a luau. Like, if I want to have a luau, I'm not going there. So, like, if I've mentioned... <laughs> In Bermuda, like what is like what does a vacation look like in Bermuda? Are you guys gonna make me do like accounting? Like yeah, <laughs> financial. Well, don't get me wrong. There's still there's still you know time to hang out. Um, there's still lots of touristy stuff to do. You know, there's time spent on the beach. Um, you know, all that still gets done. Um, but yes. just in for for a local in general, you get that sense of the busyness. But vacations are still awesome here. Yeah, yeah. Don't awesome. get me wrong. So one more time, if if anybody listening, uh, I mean, we do, we weirdly enough, and I don't know if it's all just you, maybe it is, I don't know, but we do have a bunch of listeners in Bermuda. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, so wow. There's a bunch of people, 
you know, they're not, they, they pop up all over the place. And so there are people around the world that are listening. But if somebody was uh, landing in Bermuda and they wanted to find you, uh, what was the yeah. name of your church again and how could they connect with you? Awesome. Yeah. So our church is the Evangelical Church of Bermuda. Uh, we are located in the parish of Paget. Um, so you can easily find us on South Road. Um, if you want to get more information about, on our church, we're on, you know, Instagram, Facebook. Our website is www.ecb.bm. So super easy to, to, to find us and, and to connect with us. And on there you have all our contact information. Yeah, awesome. Uh, thank you so much for doing this, Jermico. And uh, for those that are listening, hope this was a, an encouragement to you to uh, continue to uh, pursue discipleship, both in your life as uh, as followers of Christ, but also uh, to pour that out into other people around you as we all journey towards Christ-likeness. Thanks again, Jermico, for joining us, and uh, uh, blessings on the rest of your day. Thank you. Appreciate it.